Good morning, and welcome to Simply Science. It's Friday, February 9th. On today's show, the nearly canned NASA PACE satellite finally takes flight, and scientists reveal that the tectonic plate under the Pacific Ocean is being torn apart. Plus, there's a call for the next generation of women and girls in science. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with the exciting news that NASA has successfully launched PACE, a near-billion-dollar climate monitoring satellite. This satellite will study the impact of global warming on microscopic plankton and aerosol particles. Here to discuss this further is Abby, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about PACE and its mission? Certainly, David. PACE, which stands for Plankton, Aerosol, Climate, Ocean Ecosystem, was launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida, aboard a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. The satellite's primary payloads are a spectrometer to measure light intensity and multi-angle polarimeters to measure the polarization of sunlight as it passes through clouds, aerosols, and the ocean. How will these measurements contribute to our understanding of climate change? By mapping the color of oceans, PACE can provide a wealth of information, including the level of chlorophyll in phytoplankton. This can reveal changes in surrounding temperatures and oxygen levels. Populations of these tiny algae can form huge, dense blooms observable from space. Additionally, measuring the different angles of UV to shortwave sunlight allows scientists to probe the size and composition of particles that can impact weather. What is the significance of studying phytoplankton in relation to climate change? Phytoplankton play a crucial role in the carbon cycle. They absorb carbon dioxide and sunlight at various rates in different conditions to produce oxygen. However, in warmer temperatures, some variants can emit carbon dioxide too. Understanding these interactions between the ocean and the atmosphere is key to understanding climate change. It seems PACE has had quite a journey to space. Can you tell us more about that? Indeed, PACE was first proposed decades ago, but its journey to space was slow. In 2018, the mission was in jeopardy when the Trump administration proposed to cut funding for it. However, Congress stepped in and approved funding of around $964 million, saving the mission. What are the expectations for PACE moving forward? Karen St. Germain, director of the Earth Science Division at NASA, believes that observations and scientific research from PACE will profoundly advance our knowledge of the ocean's role in the climate cycle. She sees the value of PACE data increasing significantly when combined with data and science from other missions, ushering in a new era of ocean science. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks, Abby. Speaking of forward-looking science, Let's turn our attention to a new study that suggests the reigning theory of plate tectonics, which describes how large portions of Earth's crust slide, grind, rise, and sink across its mantle might need some refining. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this new study and its implications? Certainly, David. The study, conducted by researchers at the University of Toronto, looked at four plateaus in the Western Pacific Ocean. They found that these expansive areas aren't rigid slabs as previously thought, but weak spots being pulled apart by distant forces at the plate's edge. This suggests that geological deformations, like faults, 
are not just limited to continental plate interiors, but are also happening to ocean plates. So how does this finding change our understanding of the seafloor? Well, scientists have been rewriting their understanding of the seafloor for decades. In the 1950s, ocean cartographer Marie Tharp's work showed that the ocean basins weren't flat surfaces, as scientists had suspected, but were carved up by trenches and massive mountains. This new study is just a continuation of efforts to chart the ocean's rugged topography. It suggests that large sections of Earth's crust, even at the center of oceanic plates, do not remain rigid as they drift atop the mantle but can deform. How did the researchers come to this conclusion? The team gathered existing data on four oceanic plateaus in the western Pacific Ocean. Despite being located hundreds to thousands of kilometers from the nearest plate boundary, they found that these plateaus shared deformational and magmatic features, suggesting they are being torn apart by forces at the Pacific Plate's edge. The team also modeled tectonic plate dynamics for four hypothetical plateaus to better understand the mechanisms causing this distant deformation. And what are the implications of these findings? The findings challenge the existing understanding of plate tectonics. It was previously thought that suboceanic plateaus, being thicker, should be stronger. But the study's models and seismic data show the opposite. The plateaus are weaker. While the researchers only analyzed four Pacific plateaus, they hope their findings will spur further explorations to map the seafloor. From significant developments in our understanding of Earth's crust, we now turn to another important topic. Forestry Australia, the professional association for forest scientists, managers, and growers, is using this year's International Day for Women and Girls in Science to call for the next generation of women to join forestry science. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this call to action? Certainly, David. Forestry Australia President Dr. Michelle Freeman has highlighted the significant contributions of women in forestry science and is encouraging the next generation of women and girls to follow in their footsteps. She points out that the stereotype of a typical person working in forest and fire management is very narrow but the reality is quite different. There are many women scientists across Australia doing innovative and creative work for the betterment of the environment, community, and economy. What kind of opportunities does Dr. Freeman see for the next generation of women and girls in forestry science? Dr. Freeman sees a wealth of opportunities for women and girls to lead the science in the forestry sector. This includes promoting evidence-based decision-making in areas such as carbon capture, forest fire management, conservation, and renewables. She encourages them to pursue these opportunities, assuring them that they'll love it. It's interesting to hear about the diversity in the field. Can you share some experiences of women in Forestry Australia? Absolutely. One example is Dr. Tegan Brown from Victoria. As a research scientist for CFA, she uses climate models and landscape data to predict future vegetation and fuel types. These data are then used to predict future fire activity and model the number and type of fire management resources that Victorian fire agencies will require. Dr. Brown emphasizes the importance of diversity in contributing to and making decisions in land, forest, and fire management, as data is interpreted by scientists through a lens built from context and lived experiences. James, thanks for highlighting the importance of diversity in science. Speaking of comprehensive solutions, 
let's turn our attention to North Carolina's transformative journey in literacy education. Two years ago, they implemented Letters Training, a professional development program informed by the science of reading. Now, the data shows significant progress across the state, with compelling evidence of this success seen in the real-life stories of students overcoming literacy hurdles and becoming eager readers. Michael, a correspondent for Simply Science, is here to discuss this further. Can you tell us more about this science of reading and e-letters training? Certainly, David. The science of reading is a body of research that explores how we learn to read and what goes on in our brains during the reading process. Letters, or Language Essentials for Teachers of Reading and Spelling, is a professional development program that equips educators with this knowledge. It helps them understand the complexities of reading and language development so they can effectively teach literacy skills. And how has this impacted students in North Carolina? The impact has been profound. Parents have shared stories of their children overcoming literacy challenges and developing a love for reading. For instance, one parent, Amy Stokes, noticed a significant improvement in her daughter's reading skills when her teachers started using strategies aligned with the science of reading. Her daughter went from struggling with reading to being motivated and thriving in school. That's quite a transformation. Can you share more examples? Absolutely. Hannah Gray, a parent of a second grader, has seen her daughter become an avid reader, reading above grade level, thanks to the dual approach of building foundational reading skills and comprehension skills. Rebecca Swain, whose child began elementary school during the pandemic, saw her child go from struggling with every single word to reading full sentences fluently, thanks to the strategies learned from the science of reading. Katie Dowdle, a mother of three children with learning disabilities in reading, has seen the importance of structured literacy in classrooms. The systematic teaching of phonics has helped her children compensate where their brains struggle. It's clear that this approach is making a difference. What does this mean for the future of literacy education in North Carolina? The success of the letters training and the science of reading approach in North Carolina is a testament to the power of evidence-based literacy instruction. It's not just about improving literacy outcomes for the state's youngest learners, but also about laying a solid foundation for their success beyond graduation. By providing educators with the tools necessary to transform literacy education, North Carolina is ensuring a brighter future for its youngest learners. With that promising outlook shared by our Simply Science reporter, Michael, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow.